Kia ora, culture everyone. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. I'm sitting here on a beautiful, I think it's Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, oh my god, uh, afternoon uh, with Sean Simpson who is founder of Public Rally, uh, was director of community at Kiwi Lanipad and was interviewer for Sastra, Sasta. Um, welcome, you're on the beautiful Wahiki Island um how are you and how I'm good. are you <laughs> um it's also wednesday afternoon oh just God. by the way don't even know um, what who even are we? i am i am well um and then the other version of that answer is i guess i'm i'm quite tired you know yeah. I'm, I'm pretty i'm fairly exhausted but i'm optimistic at the same time i like that answer um so tell me who, who's been in your bubble and has that slightly changed over the past week or two weeks? Well, my long answer to this is I was in the States, in the US, when everything was happening. And so I was in the air when they closed the borders to oh back to New Zealand. So I made it home that everyone on my flight was freaking out, including me, because it was the first time I'd been around lots of people. Um, in about a month and then so I came home and I had to self-quarantine um, didn't have any symptoms or anything being completely fine on that front um, even though I know it's you know whatever don't need to talk about that anymore everyone knows um, and so I had to self-quarantine and then New Zealand went into lockdown so I was by myself for about six to seven weeks alone and I've been remote working for almost a decade and I'm an introvert and I like being alone but like two weeks of being alone alone I'm like no went through a pretty vicious grief cycle which everyone else has been through too yeah um but then because I was I guess a vulnerable person in isolation um I then let my mum into my my bubble yeah it was really nice and now I have a couple of friends that I've seen and hang out with too safely Safely. Oh, so were you, were you, did they tell you on the flight or were you, did you get on and know that, right, when I get off here, there's something going to be at the other end? No, it happened in the flight and there was Wi-Fi on my plane. And so anyone who wasn't a New Zealander kind of started to freak out because it was all happening live. And I was like, well, we're in the, we're in the air, so it doesn't really matter um, because they'll have to live on this land. But it was when, um, I think, you know, well, stuff was already really serious and I'd been dealing with it for for months because I was kind of quite ahead of it in San Francisco was, um, I don't know, people in San Francisco are their own breed of people. And like the day I arrived in San Francisco, one of my friends had ordered all of her emergency supplies and that was in February. So, you know, don't even think New Zealand was paying that much attention back then. Yeah, totally. And so um, I love on your website how it says collaborate, connect. What have I written? Coach and care. It's been a long day. My eyes aren't working. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that you've added. So, you know, I, I looked at your website and I was like, whoa, oh my God, all this stuff. And, and, and often, you know, with um, entrepreneurs and people in that world and people who are doing lots of stuff, there's always on the website, it's like, I do this and I do this and I do that. And the fact that you added to that word care speaks volumes about you and 
that you added that. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, where to begin? Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be simplistic about it, like I've always run with the mantra of like, don't be a dick. Um, and I guess I like to be really authentic in business and life. Um, which can get me into trouble sometimes because people don't necessarily understand that. But I sort of go away from transactionalism, if that's a word. And I think you just have to really care. And you have to care about yourself. You have to care about the people around you. You have to care about your environment. Um, and you also have to care about the impact that you have on others. And because of what I do for a living, you know, building communities and and um, you know, helping businesses grow and whatnot. Um, I feel a lot of care for those businesses and people in those businesses because um, I don't know, entrepreneurship and growth companies are really hard. But also, I don't know, everything in life is hard, kind of. Yeah. So I'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, as a, as a person who is used to traveling and being living in a suitcase, out of a suitcase, and how how is this period of time when you've not been allowed to do that, and you might not be allowed to do that for a while? How how does that feel in your one in your throat? Because I think often, you know, our emotions kind of sit here. Um, how has that felt? knowing that has it changed the way that you think about what you're going to do um i set aside this year for a bit of a stay at home year anyways after like traveling around the world for a decade um but it's different so i kind of mentioned that i work remotely and so in theory i was very well prepared for this whole phase that we're in now the thing is is it's really different um i kind of one of my biggest values is freedom and loving a free life and that's why i like to work remotely and, and travel around and that's what I chose as a lifestyle for myself but being forced to do something is the opposite of freedom and yeah. so even though I felt like I should be probably more prepared than others because I'm used to it it felt different because it was restrictive and prohibitive um, and I appreciate that I'm really lucky you know to to have a roof and and food and all that stuff but at the same time for me it felt very kind of I can be quite defiant by nature and yeah I don't really like rules and so I, I found it kind of impacted my inspiration and where I get my energy from because I wasn't allowed to go about doing life how I usually do yeah I was there one more thing on that which is quite fascinating which I learned recently is I am quite introverted, so I like to be at home or I like to be by myself. And I do recharge in my own company. But what I hadn't appreciated, because it's a bit in the minutiae, is I actually get my inspiration and stimuli from the external world, not necessarily people. And so all my receptors, when I'm walking around or I get the end, tail end of conversation or talk to all, all people or you know, see birds flying after each other or whatever it is, that actually feeds whatever goes on in my brain. And I think I've missed out on that for a while. Yeah, and I, I, that's really interesting you say that because I had a conversation yesterday about um, a friend of mine who lives in, in a city and she's like, I have the conversations. I mean, I look out of my window and I'm surrounded by mountains and trees. and da, da, da. So to get out there is really easy for me. But she's saying, you know, the amount of people who the conversation has been about that re 
connecting with the little like the birds and the the tree like real simple but that's been the thing that then they've drawn something from and it's completely changed lots of again the ways that lots of people are now thinking and working and being and my worry is that that'll go away you know like Monday here the cars were out that was going da, da, and I got all like oh, what's it what's gonna happen now um so it's really interesting hey how people's kind of awareness has slightly shifted and whether that will stay it I do think that there is a group of people who have been sitting at home for a while now and they're like, we all have that moment where we're like, what does life mean? Yeah. And <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh God, don't start. Like, we're not there yet. Have your existential crisis somewhere else. Um, but I do think this time has taught us a lot about what we actually need. And I've been on that train for a long time, but it's like, well, do we need all this stuff and do we need to go out all the time? I mean, do we need these like, I don't know, houses or whatever they are? Or could we have a much more simple, simplistic existence and would that actually make people more happy? And I think the happiness thing is, or the fulfillment thing is what people will be paying attention to now. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think they, they talked on the radio this morning about, you know, they've asked lots of people, do you, did you miss, hugs or did you miss shopping and you know everyone was like that stuff just doesn't matter and yeah I'll creep back in and I love going shopping and getting my hair done but actually the touch of somebody else that you've not seen for eight weeks is the thing and young people have talked about it and adults have talked about it and children have talked about it and it's kind of really well it's like kind of heartwarming in, the, in a way do you know that you're like oh you're still in there you're still there <laughs> I almost feel like as well, because we couldn't hug for, well, a lot of people couldn't hug or touch for a long time. You know how we can have awkward universal hello languages? And so people don't know if you're like a hugger or a high-fiver or yeah, a handshake yeah, yeah. or like a, I don't know, East Coast way body burgers. Um, and so now I feel like in some cases we've mostly shifted to like maybe we will shift when it's safe to a more it's a hug universal high rather than a because we don't know the next time we're not going yeah, to be able yeah, to hug yeah, yeah it's like we've stored it up and we're going to use it again <laughs> yeah I um when I saw my mum for the first time and I hadn't seen her since before I went to the US so it'd been a long time um and we are quite close and I just sat there like poking <laughs> I was like are you real are you, are you real? real oh my god she was like can you not it's like Sorry, Mum. Just you know, we've been so virtual for so long. I like yeah. need quite tactile. No, 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 totally. I had a thing the other day where I, I thought, oh my god, I've not seen my sister for three years because she lives in the UK, and it's probably going to be at least another year. And then I was like, how am I going to deal with that? Because and then I was like, I have to deal with it. I have to work out how I deal with that. Um, I was thinking about that last night. Like a lot, most of my best friends are overseas, and. I got a bit sad being like, oh, because usually we'll just be like, oh, let's go meet in, you know, Prague or something and have a week and hang out and then go back to our lives. Um, but I realised probably won't be doing that for a couple of years. Yeah. I know. There are a lot of those periods of evenings where you sit and ponder, oh, that's not going to happen for a while. Oh, that's not going to happen for a while. And then it expands and then your brain explodes. Yeah. Um. So going back to what you talked about 
at the start about businesses and people in that industry and and though these industries and how you know you talk lots on your website about um being vulnerable and you know the history of you um and how you how do you how do you bring that into that industry that you know from somebody who doesn't work i don't work in a silicon valley type i'm around those people and that that need to be busy and to be hard and to be you know look like this certain thing um how do you start that conversation um well i think the industry's changed a lot so i think it used to be a lot more one way whereas now this is obviously generalization now there's just there's a lot of there's a lot more diversity or there's a lot more backgrounds coming into stuff and also there's a lot more applications of technology and industries that have been disrupted with technology um and i think a lot of how tech companies and startups used to run was pretty unsustainable and so a lot of people burnt out yeah. um and so when typically when people burn out and i'm not an expert on this but i've burnt out a few times um you don't end up in the best mind space and i think that's where vulnerability comes in right um and so i guess with me and being vulnerable like my my parents were entrepreneurs um and i've been through a lot of suicides in my life and so i realized because i i dealt with that um quite well in terms of like i did all the i don't know therapy and what it all means to me and kind of really tried to dig into the trauma of it and then off the back of that i kind of figured out that i was in a position to be able to share that feeling and vulnerability and story and journey without needing it to be about me yeah yeah at all. I wasn't in a place where I needed to cry for help or anything. I was over that. Yeah. Um and so for me I kind of realized that if you lead with vulnerability first, you will get vulnerability back. But a lot of people are just waiting for you to break down that invisible wall so that they can tell you whatever is on their mind because I guess people will have an intuitive sense of whether or not you're willing to listen to their journey or not and I I would I guess encourage anyone who listens to this it's like most people need quite a lot of silence and space with a friendship in order to be able to get over that hump of asking for you to listen to their crap basically totally and I was going to say like you know what you said about it's not like you're you're doing it to to be in therapy every time you're you know you're talking to someone it's like you can you can look at where you've been and what you've been through and all that stuff that you've learned and then go do you know what this is where i am now let's start to talk about that in, in a in a everyone sense which then i think allows people to start to do that and feel safe the whole safety thing is really important you talk about setting up safe spaces um and i love mm -hmm. that and i you know I, I work in a social work sector that's constantly trying to set up safe spaces for people to feel and sometimes failing and sometimes not. But the ability to do that and then have someone who can rather than who's never been able to is so powerful. I think a lot of what happens in those situations as well is sometimes people are there for the wrong reasons and it ruins the safe space because, I don't know, sometimes you have to choose when to say something 
why to say something and like what to say and how to say it. You know those moments in life where you just you listening to something and you're like, I have something to say, but I'm not going to because it's not the right time and this person just needs to talk and you can kind of see it and feel it. Yeah. Um, in terms of how you bring it into the technology sector, um, I think it's kind of a bit like I said, like entrepreneurship is a pretty half, hard graft and from what I've seen and starting my own business now, like it's pretty exhausting, like there is no off. Um, and you have to learn all the time. And I think I knew that, but I like intellectually, but I didn't internalize it. But I think it's that exhaustion and always needing to be on and having to grow. And then you're underslept and undernourished and underhydrated, and you've got people pulling you from all directions. It can yeah. be like mentally and emotionally exhausting and also really exciting. So you've just got this natural highs and lows all the time um, and all these variables going on. And I, I actually think that like mental health and founder wellness and um, all of those care things fit quite naturally in that world because they have to. Um, otherwise, I don't know, people die or they collapse. Yeah. And then sometimes get up and do it all over again. And it's like, even though, you know, I've taught, I think the biggest the biggest thing I've talked about in the, all these podcasts has been gut instinct and how, one, we actually really do know ourselves. We do. But we don't listen to those intuitive little things that are nudging us. And actually, um, they're so important when they're saying, stop. Just, you know, we know our bodies know us so well, but we just don't. We just keep pushing and going and pushing. <laughs> Um, I actually have an interesting podcast I can send you on that. Um, I don't know if it's appropriate to describe it here and I might not do it well. I think it was one of the Oprah podcasts where, and it's related to your line of work, where there was a police detective, Oprah and someone else, and they went back through um, talking to um, survivors of, of sexual assault. And they walked them back through their experiences, um, obviously very gently. And I guess one of the things that they were drawing on was at what point did you know that you were in an unsafe environment but you didn't listen to what your gut was yeah. telling you because you wanted to believe in like the morality of human beings rather than what your yeah. like your 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 intuition is flaring that you just didn't listen yeah and it was really interesting to just listen to this podcast obviously done very delic delicately because it's like i can't imagine like really hard things to talk about and go through um, yeah. and and as humans we want to believe the best in people like that's just who we are we want to we don't want to believe bad in inverted commons things happen whatever that means but um yeah no totally um you seem like you've done a lot of a lot of self stuff which is just oh yeah awesome awesome I, I didn't like myself very much when I was um becoming an adult because of what I'd been through and so I went on an epic journey to find out who I was and also like to love myself and I think that's an ongoing journey and please say that I love myself now which is nice <laughs> well done you no one a bad way, not in a conceited no, way, more just like, you know, in a healthy way. 
I did also realize, read something about you going to bed at 12.30 a.m. How does, do you still do that? No, I think it all changes, you know. Right now, if I can get in bed by 10, I'm like, oh this, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm a 9.30 girl. Um, so if I, could wave a, if, if I could wave a wand tomorrow, where, where, would you go somewhere? Would you pack your suitcase and go somewhere or would you stick where you were? My friend asked me this yesterday. He was like, if you could be anywhere, where would you be? I was like, here, I guess. He was like, oh, that's nice. Um, and what I told him, which I'll tell you, is we do away with time a lot. And so if you think about a lot of people are really busy and they, um, they wish for time to read or to watch movies or to do nothing or to plant the herb garden or to see their friends or whatever it is. And when they get that, then they want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so while I would love to be wandering the streets of Paris or, you know, sunbathing naked in Greece or um, <laughs> you know, looking at the mountains in Queenstown, um, I'm actually quite happy with where I am yeah. at the moment. Yeah. That's a really nice way of looking at it. We're always in the future, eh? Always. Yeah. Um, so are you ready for your quick fire? Sure. Okay. Guilty music pleasure. Oh, Ariana Grande. <laughs> She's pretty awesome. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. Um, if you were stuck on a desert island with one person, who would it be? My best friend. I love that. Um, when you got homework at school, were you the type of girl who did it at the start of the school holidays or at the end? I'm pretty sure I um, lied to my social studies teacher once for three months that it <laughs> kept getting lost in the bus. So I would say, like, sometimes I just didn't hand it in at all. <laughs> You see, I've not had that answer. And I'm, I'm amazed that nobody else has gone, oh, my dog ate my homework. Like, duh. Um, first thing you do on waking. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Good answer. God, I wish I could do that. Um, are you a hot shower or a hot bath girl? Hot shower because we're not allowed baths um, with the water restrictions on waking. Darn it. Do you have an organised sock drawer? <laughs> I don't even have a sock drawer, so no. Woo! Uh, one favourite album that you'd have to listen to forever? Album? Uh, let's go with Lord's second album. Oh, First or second? Yes, uh, I can't remember the name of it. it oh, it's got the tennis court one on it. Hmm. Good choice. Um, and um, are you a sunrise or a sunset person? Depends where I am. If I'm overseas, I will be sunrise. If I'm in New Zealand, it's sunset. I like it. I still find it too hard to choose. Um, and one podcast that you'd recommend or something you've been watching that you'd recommend? What's been in your ear? Um. 
you know what? This is weird. It's not a podcast. But, um, there's a new series in New Zealand. Um, I've been learning a lot about personal finance the last like five years. Um, and there's a new series called Money Talks or something or Money Secrets. Um, and it's written by New Zealand, New Zealanders with aliases. And they basically just talk about their financial life um, and they break down all their spending and whatnot. And it's just really nice to see how other people in New Zealand are living, not to compare, but to, also to learn things. But also I think, like, I'm aware that I live in a bubble, like you live in your own bubble. Um, we all live in now associated areas. And I think sometimes it's nice to see outside of that and just learn what, you know, What's going on in the general public all over yeah, New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm going to look for that one. Um, Sean, thank you so much. Tell me what you're going to go and do right now. I have a social media strategy meeting. Ooh, I love those. <laughs> It'd be fun. So much. I need to do one of those with myself. Um, go forth and enjoy your Wednesday. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. See you later. You're welcome. Kakite.